healing is so creative and it's not only healing healing work arts with other people but also the inner you know the healing on self which is always anyways connected hello and welcome to mother the mother i am mclean mcgowan This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Jema. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm so excited to be here with Laura Elliott, who was my personal Reiki teacher. She's an incredible woman, very inspiring. And I've learned so much from her. And also she's become a dear friend. We both have babies the same age. And I just really respect her the way that she works. She studied so many different modalities. She is a craniosacral therapist, Reiki master, uh, acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner, um, Zen Buddhist. She was in the fashion world for years before making this change in direction into the healing arts. And me personally, uh, or for me personally, I really resonate with body workers or healers that have walked the walk and lived many different lives. I feel like I really need that um, to connect with people that I feel have lived and haven't just learned one thing and, and kind of stuck with it. That's just my own personal karmic thing in this lifetime. I really respond to working with elders, older people, um, People that have, uh, you know, an, a broad overall vision that are not just dogmatic in their one ideology or modality. And Laura really is that for me. And she's such an inspiration and light. And it was a beautiful afternoon to sit with her in her home and interview her. And I was just looking at her website to see how I can kind of sum up the magic that she is. And this stuck out to me. It's a quotation of hers about how she works and who she is. So I will read that now because I feel like it's such a beautiful summation of her work. I see myself as a vessel through which energy moves with intention, a trusted guide to support my clients as they explore their own health and healing. When we are in pain or dis-ease, The whole is affected and thus the whole must be addressed. This is my path as a healer. And she really does look at the human body, the mind, the emotions, the spiritual life, all as one part of the whole. And that really resonates with me. So I hope that you enjoy the listen and sending you all great love. Jema. Hi, Laura. Hello. So happy to be here in your beautiful home with you today. Thank you for making this space and time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you. (laughs) So I wanted to 
just jump right on in. There's so much to discuss. I feel like this could be five different podcasts and maybe it will be. But um, how you are showing up with your clients now and your work and you have such a huge body of knowledge and work, which everyone can check out on your website because that alone could be a podcast and all your trainings and your journey, which I'd love to hear a little bit about. But I love this new idea of how you're bringing all the different modalities into the in- integrative or integrative Reiki trainings you're doing now of using all of your different healing, you know, modalities and, and what, like, how did that happen and what made that happen and what was that journey like? Yeah. So, um, maybe to talk a little bit about my background is I, I'm in a Reiki master and I've learned Reiki back when I lived in New York with my dear friend and, um, my teacher, my Reiki teacher, Lisa Levine from mm-hmm. Maha Rose in Brooklyn. And, and I was, um, at that time in acupuncture school. So acupuncture school and being an acupuncturist in New York, as well as a holistic health coach, which was my gateway into the healing um, world or being a practitioner in that while I was still um, a fashion designer many years ago. So there's already mixed modalities came into my path in um, while being in acupuncture school. And I started using Reiki because I was in acupuncture school and I felt very comfortable working with people. So I used Reiki very immediately Mm. as a practice with people. While I see that um, a lot of students as now um, teaching, sharing this work as a teacher for I think over three years now, three and a half years almost. I see that that's oftentimes a little bit the, um, you know, a little bit of a something that people have to growing is the, the 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 comfort of working with people so mm-hmm. so people are very interested in the work and and they experience it on themselves but then they feel not confident enough mm-hmm. in their uh in their practice and i had that maybe because of my background as a medical practitioner and again acupuncturist so so these two Worlds were always mixed in from the very beginning. And then I moved to Los Angeles, had to go back to Chinese medicine Mm. school completely for a second master's degree. So looking at another four years of um, Chinese medicine and Western medicine, you know, here in California, it's um, so much to switch states and have to redo the whole thing. Yeah. And it's here in California, you're considered a primary care physician. So if you... Yeah, if you do really well in your studies in school, then you can actually order blood tests and um, imaging, which is really amazing. And you will see, like a lot of people don't know this because a lot of acupuncturists actually don't feel comfortable in the end. I've never heard of that ever. Yes. Wow. Uh, hardly anyone is really using that, um, but you are getting taught to do it um, in school. And so it's a big full-on medical program, Chinese and Western in in a way. So. So all of this as a journey coming um, here to California, because of the licensing, I was not able to practice my beloved, mm. you know, medicine of acupuncture. So, and I really wanted to work with clients. So I was like, oh, I can do Reiki and mm. I'm a holistic health coach, certified health coach. So Reiki became just very strong and people started asking, um, my clients started asking over the time, um, would you ever teach what you're doing? Mm. 
And I was thinking, because what I do is, of course, Reiki, but I'm mixing in all of my knowledge um, about the meridians, about mm -hmm. the acupuncture points, the five elements, and then my personal spiritual practices of Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, Buddhism in general, and Taoism. And, you know, just feely and then breath work, which was introduced to me by my sister and my husband, mm -hmm. who's teaching this for a long time, teaches it for a long time. But I was like, oh, and of course I can share the practice of Reiki, which is to me really, and that's what a student recently said in my training, Reiki feels like the golden thread mm. through all of it. Mm -hmm. So I started and then was enough people asking and, you know, knocking on the door, basically. Right. Um, I was like, okay. <laughs> Teach us this. Yes. And I was never intending to be a teacher like years ago. You know, I never well, You're thought. such a natural though. I love it. I love, well, I love. It's like you're very much in your dharma. Teaching. It's because of what I'm talking about mm -hmm. in teaching. That's why I'm loving it. And and that's the beauty of realizing when you're in your element, when you're doing what you're meant to do and share, then it just all happens. It builds itself around you and inside of you naturally. Yeah. So to the yeah, so the answer to this question of the integration, what is the integration part of the Reiki is the my Chinese medicine background and while for example in Reiki we I mean again Reiki is a lot of people think of it as only the hands-on practice um the you know a lot of people know it's somewhat from the Japanese tradition mm -hmm. culture and it's a hand-on healing hands-on or even hands-off healing practice and yeah. energetic energy practice and, you know, what I teach a lot about, um, whether it's on my Instagram to, you know, the public or in my trainings or in one-on-one -on -one with my clients, Reiki is everything. Reiki is really the healing of self and recognizing our true divine bright light mm. inside of us mm -hmm. and uncovering it, which is always there, which is always shining, but uncovering it and then letting it shine to its full capacity, which is then the reflection or can reflect the light, the bright light of everyone we come in contact with. And that creates healing in the other person's the recognition of own of, mm -hmm. you know, of the bright light inside of us. So that is actually the essence of Reiki. It's when we discover, uncover, remember our true nature. You know, there is, of course, the whole self-love. All of it is part of it. And that brings about healing. And in that way, Reiki is meditation. Reiki mm -hmm. is um, a spiritual practice. Reiki is... Um, also just self-love and love so integrative reiki next to in my reiki train reiki one reiki two and soon i'll this year for the first time i offer the reiki masters which are you know i'm teaching the hands-on practice as being mm -hmm. one pillar of reiki and then some of the meditation techniques ways to feel energy and then in this integrative reiki that I for this year also offered for the first time is where I then also bring in the ideas about the meridians versus, oh, that's what I wanted to say earlier. Um, well, Reiki traditionally, if you can say so, we're looking a little bit more at the chakra system. Mm -hmm. At least that's, it's traditionally, but it's really modern tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, if you really look into the history or the deeper teachings of Reiki, it's it's Buddhism in that mm -hmm. sense, because that's Dr. Usui's, the right. founder's um, practice and or was his practice. And um, 
So the chakra system and, and then I mix that with the overall body, the meridians, which are also energy pathways mm-hmm. or centers. And, and then again, the five element, I, I also learned something called medical healing, Qigong. And I mm. actually learned this in, um, as part of my program in uh, here in, in California, in LA, in my acupuncture school. I've always school. wanted to learn about Qigong. It seems incredible. It's amazing. Yeah, Tai Chi, Qigong. And it was actually part of both of my practice, uh, my schools in New York and LA. Yeah. And it's important because not everyone comes to these schools with a spiritual practice or mm-hmm. about, you know, yoga in any way. So as a practitioner, thankfully these schools and teachers, you know, communicate that you have to have a practice you have to have an awareness practice a mindful practice a way to feel your own body your chi Mm -hmm. and and also be able to navigate that in different ways so in the school here in LA I learned something called medical healing qigong which I consider it's like almost a Chinese version of reiki Mm. And that works, um, there are different protocols and they work with the meridians and also the five elements. And, you know, so I bring, I mix that into my integrative Reiki. Um, so it, to me, it's a very creative composition of, yeah, the practices that I have learned over these years from, um, from the, from the different spiritual, but also medical practices mm. from, the Eastern traditions, Western traditions, and craniosacral is something else I'm certified mm. in. I want to delve into that too. Yeah. So, so many things. And I could talk about this forever <laughs> as you can I want to listen real, realize because I'm so passionate about it and there is so much. And my I had a little website before my current one, um, which was literally just a page some years ago. But as a fashion designer in my previous career, I just realized coming into this career, career is also such an interesting word for mm-hmm. it, but into this calling and um, on the path of a healer, healing arts that it's so creative Mm -hmm. healing is so creative and it's not only healing healing work arts with other people but also the inner you know the healing on self which is always anyways connected so healing is creative and creativity is healing was my little saying on that website that I used to have and I still feel it in every session that I do Mm -hmm. so these different offerings on my website you know, I try to explain, okay, this has these modalities and we're working on this. But in the end, whenever you come to see me as a client, we have first an initial little consultation um, or longer. And and then we just intuitively, I'll decide what will be good and also what, what, what my client feels she or he needs mm-hmm. and what's maybe most beneficial. And last thing I say about it, all of the modalities whether it's acupuncture, you know, meridian therapy, which is basically acupuncture without needles, but with touch or other modalities, Reiki, the hands-on practice, mm-hmm. breath work, craniosacral. So essential oils, anything I do, it all does the same. It helps to make the person feel into the body and connect the, or reconnect to the relationship between body, mind, energetic body, emotional body, spiritual body, that is all 
what makes our being and then to help feeling into the blocks mm. into the energetic physical emotional blocks and possibly help chi or energy to move more easily through these blocks help help to some for some of the blocks to be first recognized seen acknowledged and if it's the right time then even moved transformed mm. Mm -hmm. dissolved whatever the person is ready for or whatever the healing journey is um where the person is at incredible thank you for all of that that was <laughs> i have so many responses or thoughts as you're sharing and i i got really teared up when you were talking about just the basic kind of explanation of reiki and it it, it really is a moving meditation of your life and i think that is what through training with you was the biggest take home for me was living your Reiki. It's in everything that you do all throughout the day. And that is mindfulness. And that is the moving meditation of life. And I had been drawn to Reiki, wanting to do Reiki training for years and years and years and was finally drawn to you, which I'm just so grateful mm -hmm. for. And I think it honestly is a lot of your Buddhist background, which now it's so interesting to know that Reiki is based in Buddhism because my husband and I, and by default, our kids are Japanese Buddhists. So, you know, B Buddhism has always made a lot of sense to me and it's of the elements and it's of everything and really living the truth. And those five key points, which I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but taking just that ownership of our emotions and how we show up in every moment of every day is so beautiful. Of I can't not be yeah. angry if you could share maybe. Yes, yeah. It's the five principles of Reiki and you will find a little bit of variation, mm -hmm. um, slight variations of it, but it's um, just for today. I do not worry. I do not anger. I am grateful. I live in compassion with myself and every other living being. And just for today, I will be living my honesty and being honest with my true self or living in my truth, basically. So beautiful. And that's what I teach in Reiki 1 and 2 and the masses probably, um, that those are actually coming from the six parameters mm. from Buddhism. Mm -hmm. And one person who writes a lot about it, which I highly admire and we are very much on the same wavelengths of teaching and perceiving these teachings of Reiki is Franz Dina. And I always like to give his books to my students mm -hmm. in the trainings, um, training too. But yeah, that's yeah, an interesting so... part that it's your background as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. And I feel these backgrounds have drawn me to risk. So it's not really this conscious decision what yeah, we realize exactly. on these spiritual journeys or healing journeys. It's, we're just allowing what we feel inspired to, to draw us in and realizing that it's been part of our journey for so long. Yeah. And really also how we can do this as mothers, you know, and we don't have a lot of time. And I, I feel like in this lifetime, I am, I've always been a seeker. Even when I was like 10, I've got really, I wanted to get really religious, you know, and I made my mom take me to Sunday school and I was in the choir and I've, I've always been a seeker and also rebel against that. And so it's a very mixed bag. Um, and I'm, very, I'm Scorpio and I'm very, I can be very all or nothing. And so part of my work is really finding the middle path, hence Buddhism. 
But even that within our Buddhism, you know, there's a lot of dogma and all of that, which I don't want to be a part of. And I've had, you know, a lot of years of Kundalini and Vedic meditation and, you know, every different type of yoga and, and they've all served different parts of my life and different chapters. But what I'm realizing now I'm 41 is I get older and now have two kids and my work and I don't have hours to give to that part of me, but I want to be as whole as I can in my day. And so Reiki really is so powerful. You know, when I'm rocking my baby to sleep, I do Reiki on her at night. You know, my, my, do- my older daughter's having a skin issue right now. I do Reiki on her every night, you know, and it's, it really feels like I am a conduit, but also just participating in a healing way. And even for my husband, if he's really stressed out, I'm like, okay, let me just do some Reiki on you. And he passes out. I mean, it works. Like he passes out on the floor. And so I'm just so grateful the way that you have brought it to us here. It's very grounded. And especially as a woman and as a mother, you know, I, I in the past have loved to live in the ethers, like my spiritual practice. Like I, I love to float up there and nothing is more grounding than becoming a mom. Like, Every day you are like walking meditation, groundedness. Like you have to be in your body. You have to be showing up for your kids. And it's really a beautiful practice of Reiki because it doesn't take a lot of energy. You know, you don't have to have that 20 minutes to sit in silence. You can actually be doing the 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 mantra or the chant in your head. You can be, you know, drawing the symbols. You can be actively participating in in the work, which I love. Yeah. So it's really, really beautiful. Yeah, those tenets. I feel like if we all could just live by those daily, it'd be such a different world of just taking ownership for our own showing up in the world every day. Yeah. And our own feelings and our own kind of stuff that we need to tend to without projecting it on to each other. Yeah. And it really is also these reminders, um, what you said, it's mindfulness Mm -hmm. because it's not about... None of us is made to never worry and to never right. anger. Anger is actually in from the Taoist tradition, Chinese tradition, medicine tradition. It's a natural, you know, um, energy that moves mm-hmm. through us. It's the connected to the wood element, which is what comes, what has to be strong, a strong upward um, energy um, that is breaking through these the, the earth, the mm-hmm. layers of the earth into the sky, and in that way, this is our natural energy of anger and in a healthy way these this energy helps us to to reach our goals Mm -hmm. you know to not only sit on the sofa and think them think our dreams our ideas but actually go out in the world and do it yeah and so Mm -hmm. that is that healthy sense of that anger energy but of course anger if too you know rage is very destructive and if suppressed it becomes depression yeah it becomes suppressed sadness fear you know, worry. So um, it's not about not ever being angry or feeling angry, but, and this is also so because a lot of people are like, oh, this is spiritual bypassing, not mm-hmm. worry, not, but it's not. Buddhism mm-hmm. is not spiritual no. bypassing. No. If you study into Buddhism mindfulness, it's very clear that once you sit in meditation, you are facing all of your yeah. shadows. Yeah. You are facing all of your your emotions but it's then to be able to shift to transition to see what's underneath to feel them because only when we feel them is when we can also shift them transition them and um Mm -hmm. 
um, it is, yeah, it's so these five principles are a very beautiful simplification of, um, and they actually make them in that sense. And that was the intention, as far as I understand, of Dr. Usui, the founder of Reiki, mm -hmm. to not make it into a religious necessarily. Um, or have that religious aspect to it because not everyone is drawn to that or yeah. feels even, you know, has a lot of inner associations with that. And so to make it into just a way of life and yeah, and healthy um, aspects, mm -hmm. mindful ways to, to go about it and to just re shift when we, you know, when we, when we go off into this place of worry and yeah. as a mother, you know, that's, a lot of the time it's 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 just naturally it's just too part of it, it's, yeah. it's the it's element natural. of mother yeah. actually worry is that element of earth yeah. it's it's the association to the earth element the the emotion is worry so as a mother um it's also natural and then to not hold this inside of us and to not let it to be overpowering yeah. so we feel paralyzed or totally and you know i, I love that so much because it's nothing is good or bad. It's the elements. Exactly. It is what is, you know, it's that Buddhist way. Like th this is what is and how do we live with it? Mm -hmm. And, and I think we're so distorted because we're always trying to fix or like make it so black and white in our culture. And it's, you know, we're all suffering because of that. Yeah. This is a good time to segue into what you just brought up, especially postpartum and as new mothers, because I think so much of our postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, that postpartum rage, which can be very real, this mm -hmm. rage of like, you know, I see with a lot of my clients and I felt within myself, even if I don't express it, it's like right under the surface. And I'd never have felt that in other times of my life, but it's this like, I think hormone, but it, most of it's like resentments and not expressing anger in a healthy way. And for a lot of us as women, we never really have looked at that shadow side of our anger or, you know, I'm from the South and it's like very much people pleasing, not expressing anger. I've shoved so much of that down. So part of my healing has been able to express that anger. And my husband actually has really helped me with that in our fighting, but he also sees that. And like, I will have said something mean. He's like, but it's really healing that you were able to express that because you need to. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, so a lot of us women, we haven't necessarily expressed that anger and then you have a baby and then you're exhausted and you're, you know, your whole system's working on healing. Oftentimes we don't have a lot of support. We're doing the heavy lifting, no matter even how supportive our partners are, we are doing the heavy lifting. And so I feel like all that pent up anger, even from way long ago is coming out. Mm -hmm. It's not just having a newborn. It's that. And so what are ways that I mean, obviously doing healing and therapy and having support are helpful for that. But is there a way for women just to be able to look and just be like, okay, this anger is coming up for a reason. What are some easy ways even just at home or within myself that I can kind of address those? Yeah. So, I mean, this is also anger could be a whole topic of, yeah, you know, for sure. a weekend workshop. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um i mean the the first things that come to mind is um and you know i love that you brought up non-dualism because that's you know earlier about not judging there's nothing wrong or right and that's what i 
I am about a lot and it's also Taoism to me. It's the two opposites mm -hmm. and even the things that are seemingly contradictive, which I love to bring <laughs> to the table, like say one thing and then contradict it with another theory in the next one to not only make myself and, you know, I mean, speak what I actually feel, but also make people understand it's not one or the other. So and it's so uncomfortable for most people to yeah. live with that paradox. Yes. And I feel like motherhood, there's nothing more <laughs> that than motherhood. <laughs> yes. And so the beautiful thing is about anger. And that's looking at this, my sessions to my private sessions. What I do is um, because I see we what well, I see in my practice in my own life a lot more unexpressed anger, mm -hmm. especially in women. Mm -hmm. You know, um, maybe that's why a lot of people have road rage because that's where yeah. it comes out. Yeah, it's like a <laughs> quote unquote acceptable to be an <laughs> asshole on the road. <laughs> and um, so, so in a lot of my sessions, I bring people into first a place of more groundedness allowing them to arrive and then we open the energetic body um, I work a lot with the breath whether this is um, you know calming breath balancing breath different kinds of pranayama mm. and to open the energetic body or the awareness to it and then oftentimes I let people scream mm. it's amazing to and shouting again from you know I mean not only do we most of the time intuitively know that that's related to anger because when we get angry, we get louder usually. Mm -hmm. But shouting is the sound of the wood element again, which mm. is connected to anger. So screaming, allowing them to scream. Oftentimes you would be surprised how often I have to, you know, and I figured out these ways of, um, you know, helping my clients. To scream because mm -hmm. it's, you know, we obviously also working on opening the throat chakra, yeah. the heart, throat together, you know, so immediately connected, speaking about truth. Oftentimes, tension in the jaw, mm -hmm. you know, grinding teeth or TMJ, clenching teeth. Yeah. TMJ is unexpressed anger or unexpressed truth, mm -hmm. not being able to, you know, speak our truth, being hurt. So we're releasing that by yelling, but it really takes people. It's very vulnerable yes. to yell. So we do this. And again, anger, if un unexpressed, can oftentimes shut away, you know, fear, sadness, grief, and yeah. worry. So oftentimes what happens when people scream really scream and i help them to do so is um the tears are coming mm -hmm. you know the tears the emotional and it's unblocking yeah. so long explanation short take a pillow mm -hmm. and scream into it yeah. obviously when your kids are outside yeah. <laughs> so they don't get traumatized <laughs> or yeah. um because it's really about truly screaming mm. not only like ah oh, you know but Just really really, really out. screaming mm -hmm. and that is the one explain or the one thing mm -hmm. i would you know that could be a explanation or like a, a suggestion the other thing is and that's mindfulness mindful practice mm -hmm. um is to look what it so usually that doesn't happen when we feel angry in the moment or when we are in an argument you can forget everything yeah. you know it just then, it's like red yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but before when you start feeling anger coming up then to see what is underneath here mm -hmm. because anger is usually you know, just so what's underneath? Is it resentment? Right. Is it frustration? Is it actually sadness? Mm -hmm. um, there are a million different things that can lie underneath. So kind of identifying, like we can help 
being really scared by identifying our fears, yeah. you know, to, to be like, what is underneath here? And by just allowing ourselves, so doing the inner work, the meditate, the meditation or mindfulness, mindful practice of really seeing what's underneath, what are we holding here? Yeah. And when you said this, just making it a personal about my own journey, um, I realized to, and I would like every other one, every other person I know, or even people, people I work with, we are not angry people. Right. I'm not an angry person. No. And I think when I was triggered by my husband, when I was already pregnant with my daughter is when I really, for the first time, like really like bursted out in anger because there was just, again, it was frustration, you know, and maybe there were, I mean, hormones were in the mix, but it was also this part of, this is not only about me anymore. Mm -hmm. There is another yeah. being here in the mix. And since, you know, in my personal, you know, these arguments that we have are usually very unnecessary. It's mm -hmm. just dynamics of mm -hmm. masculine, feminine power struggle, whatever it is, moodiness, grumpiness, but not only, you know, this frustration that these fights are, or whatever it is, unnecessary just became an extra level of this is completely unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have this while, you know, with this other being around because we know they can, they start perceiving while yeah. in the womb. So I just got more protective. So to me, anger sometimes is also, you know, this protective mechanism of I'm not, you know. So anger can have so many layers. So, so many. It's, um, it's, and, you know, with every emotion, whatever it is, it's also honoring yes. the feelings. And again, when we start looking at anger and start, you know, breathing, of course, mm -hmm. always taking deep breaths, going for a walk. And that's also what is, what happens when we go for a walk, yin, yang, yin, yang, yeah. right foot, left foot, right. So we moving energy. And again, that by that already we help. One other thing, explanation from Chinese medicine, wood element, anger, shouting, all of these things connected to the wood element. Also the liver organ, mm -hmm. liver and gallbladder. So liver and the energetic function on our body in Chinese medicine is responsible for the smooth flow of qi, of energy in the body. So if it gets stuck, and we call it liver qi stagnation, we get angry mm -hmm. or if we're angry, it gets stuck and then it can have physical, yeah. you know, creates physical symptoms. And that's why PMS and liver and liver. So all of this is connected in Chinese medicine. So again, it's like the main takeaway is really allowing it to, to come out in a healthy way, mm -hmm. in a non-destructive way for yourself first and foremost. And then also, to to really allow yourself to look at one's, what's underneath yeah. and honoring that. Mm -hmm. And it's really deep and it's uncomfortable, yeah. you know? And I think with all of this work, it's being willing to look deeply and to allow what is to be. Because a therapist told me many years ago, you don't have, you're not crying tears that you don't have, mm -hmm. you know? So whatever's coming up needs to come up and out. Yeah. To heal. Yeah. Beautiful that you said tears to add on the whole wood element, mm -hmm. anger, shouting, liver. Tears are the um, liquid, the fluid of the mm -hmm. liver. So mm -hmm. actually tears, as we think, come from the heart because we are sad. 
And that's so perfect to see as a mother, mm-hmm. as a parent with children, unless they really scream because they're deeply sad, you know, because of they want their mother, they want their, you know, abandonment right. or something like this. The the quick cry is for, I want this food right now. I want, you know, I want my iPad back or whatever mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> Those tears that come within a second is the liver mm-hmm. helping to move. These cries are shifted. That's why they stop crying in a second back to smiling. So it's so actually tears are also helping. It's, it's a way to help the body move your body. And again, body is always energetic, emotional, spiritual. Mm. It's always these different bodies that make up our being right. to help to shift emotions, to shift, to move energy. And by that, making us feel better. So mm. it's really um, that that can be a lot of people are not well aware of it. And of course, it's also only a Chinese right. Taoist idea, but it's it's it makes many so much sense. and it's many thousand years old. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it worked for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so interesting. Just personally, I don't cry a lot. I've never been a crier, and I also have the MTHFR liver mutation, hmm. so I don't detox like a normal person. So I've never really been able to drink or do drugs or anything. I've you know I eat very clean because I like I'll have two sips of something alcoholic, and the next day I feel like I have the flu. Like I've always been hmm. that way. And I always thought it was because I come from alcoholics, but it's really this gene mutation. And yeah. I say that because a lot of us women have this. It's something like 70 to 80% now, which is very fascinating. It's a whole rabbit hole to go down. Um, also linked with more the tongue and lip ties in our kids. Mm. So it's just, um, that's interesting though, because I'm always trying to support my body in healthy detox rituals for my liver. Mm. And I like the crying is part of that because I've actually been trying to cry more. Try to scream. Uh, Yeah, I I guess I need to scream and maybe that'll lead to some crying. (laughs) So I would love to hear about your journey into motherhood Mm -hmm. and and where where do you come from and how did you get here also? (laughs) Oh my God. In a nutshell. Not a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, should we start with my journey into motherhood? Yeah, or or what, what do you want to know about where I'm coming from? First? Well, like what brought you to LA? Okay, LA. So from I moved from New York to LA mm-hmm. and to New York, I moved from Germany. Okay. So that's where I'm from. from um, and that was maybe 15 years ago now. So it's been a long time and the States have always felt like my home mm. in a way. Um, and I just really feel, I mean, the land yeah. um, a lot, you know, the, the, the landscapes, the canyons mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oceans and forests and all of this. Um, and I love the people too, mm-hmm. most of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe all except our. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, so anyways, uh, it felt like my home for a long time. And yeah, I mean, there's just so much to say about it, but I. Um, I mentioned earlier with my 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 healing work that I was uh, I came to New York and um, worked as a designer mm. and did um, also a little photography at the beginning and um, design and then ventured into healing and that was really um, very just led by my instincts, mm. inspirations, and really just the need of or working in this very you know New York is very masculine yeah. has a very masculine energy. 
and it really triggered my masculine energy inside. And and I was working for really nice fashion companies, but I at the end of the week, at some point in my last few years, I always went to get massages. Um, and every time I arrived there after a work week, I was like, this is where I want to be in this energy. <laughs> and so this and many other things led me into healing. Um, and then I also, my husband that I met um, lived, ended up, you know, like living here. So um, that brought me to LA, but LA was always on my um, it was on your radar. On my radar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The West Coast, I think. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about to start it. No, please. Because um, I wanted to ask you about your Zen Buddhism practice. Yes. And what brought you to that? And what's with the black? Because I wore oh. white today for you, but I normally wear mostly black. Oh, you do? So yeah, I'm very like black. I mean, I love white, but black feels like my power color. It always mm, has. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just curious about that because in the training once you you mentioned mm -hmm. that and I was just curious about that. Well, yeah. So Zen, um, Buddhism. Well, I was interested in Buddhism before. Um, I think even, you know, when I was like in my beginning 20s. But um, eventually I found um, a Zen temple. I lived in Brooklyn and I found a Zen temple um, that was right down my street, basically. It was, thankfully, it was like less than 10 minute walk. And it was good mm. because the services in the mornings are, I think, at 5 or 5.30. Wow. So, you you know, rolling out of the bed and then thankfully not having to go into the subway. Mm. I maybe would have not done mm -hmm. that out of many different reasons. And so I... Not studied because if you study Buddhism, it's a very different, you know, you, you really, not only the commitment about time. And um, so I practiced Zen Buddhism for a good two years, two and a half years, a lot at the temple. And it really transformed me in um, many ways. It was a big transformation and uh, in many really good ways. So it definitely, I mean, many different ways and of course it also like the way I was before you know I'm an Aquarius so but I realized over these last years I have a lot of Virgo in my chart mm -hmm. so the other day someone who does a trust stretch say you can also just read a Virgo oh. horoscope and see if it's Virgo so I, like mm -hmm. yeah. I have two earths like um to balance a lot of earths mm -hmm. to balance my Aquarius. that's interesting because Goldie Wolf is double Virgo and Aquarian moon oh wow so you guys should be friends yes <laughs> And yeah, so grounding, mm -hmm. you know, has been my um, big practice and really even unconsciously that I was the way where I or where I am now is because I became a lot more grounded in who I am and also mm -hmm. just in my ways. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, what happened to me, my teenager years of partying, I mean, it could be a lot of things, hormones and all of it, you know, just like my path. Mm -hmm. But I think it was, you could also just like say I was incredibly ungrounded and just, you know, explored and um, did things. So Zen was incredibly grounding to me. And I think I really needed that. And a lot of people in New York really um, mm -hmm. benefit from this. Mm -hmm. And grounding and the idea of, you know, simplicity and I also really like 
I like the temple, you know, mm. I like this very, the humbleness. I like I love just yeah. the idea of a sanctuary that doesn't need to, you know, so many, I mean, there's so many healing places now coming out or yoga studios and you can create a space, but there's something about, well, it's old, it's yeah. ancient and it doesn't need to advertise, you know, exactly. temples don't need to be marketed. Market. Yeah, exactly. It's just something you arrive and because it's the energy, it's the practice, and and you just feel grounded, you feel safe, mm. you feel um, held, supported. So it was many things to me um, in that way. And yes, I, I not even joke, but I talk about it a bunch because then after these two and a half years of Zen, I was really drawn to Kundalini, which mm. you know mm -hmm. is almost seems like, of course, the essence of it is the same, but the practice in many aspects feel. <laughs> exactly the opposite yeah. and literally in the way we dress yeah. buddhism or then you come in and you, they ask to wear dark muted colors not necessarily black mm -hmm. but a lot of people will end up in black mm -hmm. um, also it's new york so <laughs> exactly that's another thing yeah and um so and then kundalini is the opposite it's yeah. white it's uplifting versus brand um well uplifting but also grounding if if the practice is right in kundalini mm -hmm which is another whole thing. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, so Zen is to me very grounding. And the color black to me, for some reason, is um, also very grounding. And there's, a, you know, I think that's why back in the day, I mean, it's also minimalism. Yeah. And um, it's also very elegant. And, you know, mm -hmm. as a, like... Yeah. Ex fashion designer, mm -hmm. um, I think everybody looks really good in, in black. Yeah. It is just something about, you know, because it kind of makes you, yeah, it, it's, it, it doesn't take any focus on anything specific, but just on your, maybe your, your face, your yeah. eyes, your, you know, it brings out your, your features, you, who you are more. I don't know. There's, there yeah. could be a lot in there, but um, I still have a bunch of black clothes in my, but once I went to the Kundalini, I have, you know, I yeah. can't get away from the white. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it's beautiful. I mean, it looks good on you and it, you know, it feels good to you, which is what matters. <laughs> yes. It, and that is, you know, what, again, I mean, fashion designer, but also really just someone who does whatever I feel like yeah. doing in many ways. Um, I also wear how I feel and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and it's just been, I've been drawn to colors and um, obviously there's probably a psychology around it, you know, yeah. it's like either you're drawn to because of the way you feel or you wear something and it makes you feel a certain way. Right. So both ways. Yeah. Yeah. So the black to me is grounding. Zen Buddhism is very grounding, but I could talk a lot about it because I also seen, because a lot of people, well, it's everyone's own spiritual journey, but what happened to me, I arrived at the temples and at the beginning I was like, oh my God, I have to wear, I can't wear any makeup. Mm -hmm. I can't wear, I can't have my nails polished. I just need to, you know, just disappear and can't, um, whatever. And this is, of course, has nothing to do with Buddhism, mm -hmm. has nothing to do with Zen, has nothing to do with spirituality and no one cares. Right. Really. It was just my own oh, this is just another place to fit in in a certain mm. way. So I misunderstood, or but that was also my journey too. Right, it's part of it. Exactly. Which I think is so good too, to strip all of the things that we're used to doing away and mm. see what we are without it. You mm. know, I mean, I think that's a great practice for anyone. So good, yeah. 
Um, I was actually thinking about that this morning because when I was in high school, I shaved my head mm. and I had like waist length hair. Oh. And it was, you know, it's such an odd act, but it was so, it was actually very interesting to see what I looked like or my identity without hair because we're, as girls, we're used to having hair, you know, and I was always complimenting my hair and mm. it was like this beauty mark, you know, and to take it away was really interesting. Mm. Um, anyway. That was just an interjection, but thank you for sharing all that. It's, it's, um, it's a beautiful practice. I mean, Buddhism just is so beautiful. And I, I totally feel that same way about the sacredness of the space and, you know, where we practice the priests wear priest robes. And when you go to Japan, everyone's wearing the same robe that they've worn for thousands of years, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it feels otherworldly because it is so old. And it's not ego and marketing and all the stuff we're bombarded with now. You know, it's really that stripping away. Yeah. Okay, let's go into motherhood. We've, there's so many things to talk to you I about. Know. So yeah, what is your what was your journey, or what has it been like as you have become a mother? Yes, I my daughter is now 18 months, and um, I've always wanted to be a mother. I mean, maybe not in my teenage years, but I it's been you know I'm one of those who knew I wanted to mm-hmm. be a mother. I've seen a lot of women who were like this or like, no, I don't want to yeah. be a mom. And then they become mothers and they love it and have like mm-hmm. three, four children <laughs> or not. But um, so I've always wanted to be a mother and my husband and I were at some point in a place in our marriage, um, a relationship where it was very apparent that we were ready mm-hmm. or both really like ready. Let's do it. Like we want, we mm-hmm. can't wait to have this spirit come through and, and it was, yeah, so it was a little humbling or very humbling because we were ready and I got pregnant right away and um, had a miscarriage mm-hmm. for, yeah. So really the moment we started, I got pregnant and then after a few weeks I started bleeding. And even though I'm a medical practitioner, I actually had not heard about chemical pregnancies mm-hmm. before. So I started bleeding. I was very afraid. I called my doctor back then in Pasadena not someone I would ever recommend because I arrived at the place and she was very cold and just said, oh yeah, this is probably just a chemical pregnancy. And I was like, what is that? She was like, oh yeah, you're probably not really pregnant. And I was like, well, so, you know, and to me it was, it was very, very, very sad. It was very um, actually traumatic Mm -hmm. and it was very disappointing and all of that. Yeah. And it was actually, you know, there wasn't enough of an explanation to me either, you know, and now I know, okay, this is a chemical pregnancy happens when the genes not quite fitting. And um, then the body does, you know, actually it's wise, amazing job, but it always does in every moment in time of yeah, balancing itself mm-hmm. and, and realizes this is not working. So I'm going to release it. Um, this Even is, when you've done a pregnancy test. And exactly. It's yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely like a, a record skipping. Yeah. Like, what is this? Exactly. Yeah. Because the pregnancy just means there is, yeah, because it's not, it's it, the body re- realizes there is, there is something that doesn't work in the genetics. So going mm-hmm. forward, something would be off. Yeah. And, you know, and which is such a blessing, you know, hindsight exactly. when you are not in it. But exactly. obviously when you're in it, it's it's very traumatic, very traumatic. And um, especially when you are so and just to bring this in and, um, you know, because this is maybe the right podcast for it. But as in my own, you know, inner research or just the observe observation, I also realized 
that I think a lot of women actually have chemical pregnancies mm -hmm. because you realize this when when you have when you have a when you're consciously conceiving when your partner and you are ready and you take the test and it's positive and then you just start bleeding a few days mm -hmm. later or a week later or you know a couple of weeks later and I think that the typical delayed period you know that I had a bunch of times when I was in relationship in my 20s and you know we in a in a long-term relationship and we didn't use any contraceptive mm -hmm. of of any kind of you know but mm -hmm. the so to just like oh my period isn't here and then you got it like a week later right like that's weird yes yeah so I have a feeling that that's actually often and I know every friend of mine had yeah. this at some point yeah so I have a feeling that actually these could be miscarriages makes sense I've definitely felt that before where I'm like this period is late and it feels really powerful and really strong. Yeah. So I'm sure I have. And of course, because if you are not aware of it, if that's not where you are in your life, exactly. then it just feels like a heavy period. Yeah. But it's so it's a lot all about the intention as mm -hmm. well. So it can be incredibly traumatic or you don't even know that it's happening. So that's what I just realized. Like, oh wow. So it is medically, it is a blessing, you know, of of and and also from the body, um, mm -hmm. you know, our bodies are incredibly wise and it's, it's us, our bodies yeah. are us. So um, this happened and then I had another miscarriage. So I got pregnant again a few months later and it was actually right around our, we had a wedding before, but we had another sacred ceremony mm. in New Mexico. I just a few days before that, I had, took another test. It was positive. So it was magical because... Mm. Um, you know, it was right around that ceremony and oh. that pregnancy lasted about seven or eight, eight, eight and a half weeks. Yeah. So quite some time in and then the heartbeat stopped. Mm. I mean, also incredibly sad <laughs> and disappointing. Well, more so sad, yeah. you know, because it was really like, oh, wow. And mm -hmm. I already started getting nauseous mm. so not Which comfortable so yeah. but it's like but you're, you're happy excited. because you yeah, know you're like it's, oh it's real exactly mm -hmm. and um and i remember it was we were in hawaii and um you know it just was like sick and but it was still kind of exciting mm -hmm. and then we came back yeah and then overnight you know mm -hmm. i had you know an intuition because i am pretty in tune with my body because of what i do mm -hmm. and my practice Nothing happened, but I did have a feeling and I started spotting. Um, so I went to the doctor and then he was like, oh, it's probably all okay. And then he did look on the screen and the, or, you know, and uh, the beat, uh, the heart didn't beat anymore. And he was like, oh, you know, I didn't think that. And mm. I'm so sorry. He is an amazing doctor, by mm. the way. So, and he is actually the one that kept saying, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You're not doing anything mm. wrong. There's no rhyme and reason for this. Keep doing what you're doing. That was all I needed to hear in the moment. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And so he became my spiritual guru, mm. this very Western. Which is so incredible right there. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard that from anyone's mouth. Yeah. So I'm so happy you brought that up. Yeah. You know, healers come in so many different forms, like a male OB. Exactly. And I love him so much. I, mm. you know, Dr. Dwight, um, mm. practicing from the Great Samaritan hospital here in LA. So yeah, he was my spiritual guru wow. on this journey. And then I started seeing also Dr. Dow, who is actually the founder mm. of my acupuncture school here in LA. He is known to be a fertility specialist. Mm -hmm. And you know, I was our problem wasn't the 
conceiving, right, but the keeping, the keeping. Yeah. And I was like, why not using my own medicine here and see what we can do with herbs or um, any support, really, right. any support. And yeah, and he said, okay, you know, give me three months. Um, I mean, let's take these herbs for three right. months and um, and don't get pregnant in the meantime. And on some crazy coincidence, uh, we actually did get pregnant, even though I, you know, I wow. wasn't, I mean, it was, it's still very bizarre to me, but, you know, obviously we were intimate in some ways, but mm-hmm. it was just like this one time heart, you know, and we did get pregnant and I only found out the moment I had another miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So even though wow. we set the intention to wait another three week, three months, this one weird time of intimacy caused the pregnancy and it was literally the, the the month after the DNC because, you know, you have uh-huh. to get a DNC. I mean, or I think it's optional, but. It kind of depends when and what the time. Yeah. Is, and it can be very traumatic yeah. to have a DNC, uh, not to do it at home. Right. Um, so I chose that. And um, I also wanted the fetus out of my mm-hmm. you know, womb. Mm-hmm. I just, that would, would have not felt to me personally um, in any way good to keep it. <sighs> And I'm also, because it's a lot and I'm also just feeling all the mothers who are listening to this because I know from my own clients, from my friends, um, there is a lot of this happening and it's very heartbreaking. You know, the heartbreaking thing is this can happen at any stage of the pregnancy. And of course, the longer you go, the more heartbreaking it is. And and then, of course, they come to this world and they can die at any moment. And it's just life. But it's really, you know, once you start this journey, it just... You feel this, if you tune in, you feel these, this, this pain because it's a universal pain. Yeah. So just wanted to acknowledge that yeah, for a so moment. I just am grateful that you're sharing this for people that are going through it because not many women are speaking yeah. about it. Yeah. And it's so common. It's so common. And especially those, actually those first, like, especially in these time frames yeah. that I've experienced it in. Yeah. So so then this third pregnancy, like, you know, I literally, because all of a sudden I started bleeding or I was still bleeding from the DNC and then it stopped and I started very heavily mm. bleeding. And I went to my doctor and he said, you actually pregnant, but you're having oh. a miscarriage right mm. now. So that was, yeah. So that was really, back back. really, really um, intense. And I you know, again, got support from my acupuncturist um, and um, and then, um, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. And and I um, ended up conceiving and then, you know, took a break. Mm-hmm. But that was, I don't even know, September, September sometime, August, September. And then I conceived my daughter um, at the break of the new year. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she... She's very healthy. Mm-hmm. She's very so happy. And um, the first trimester was a nightmare mm-hmm. <laughs> because I just every day and I also had some bleeding, but, mm-hmm. you know, like the spotting bleeding mm-hmm. f- for weeks and weeks into ah. the beginning. So every single day I thought I would lose the pregnancy. Um, of course, that was trauma coming up. And um, because I was also, you know, the way I talk about it maybe even feels like, oh, this was sad. This was traumatic. And I have a feeling part of me was feeling it. Mm-hmm. And part of me was also just moving on because, you know, my heart maybe knew the spirit is coming mm-hmm. in. 
but I did feel the trauma, the effects mm-hmm. of the trauma then in the actual, you know, when it was happening. Yeah. And um, I think I went to the OBGYN for um, a weekly scan or not mm. scan, but weekly um, ultrasound. ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And he just did it for me. He That's just so did it sweet. so I can hear yeah. the heartbeat. And, um, you know, and I know so there's beautiful. so many, you know, opinions and I respect them all of some yeah. women say no ultrasound yeah. and this could be hurtful. This was to me what I had to do. That was your medicine. That was my medicine mm-hmm. and it worked for me. And um, and then after this, and I also was incredibly, felt incredibly nauseous. So after this first trimester, it was just bliss and it never mm. stopped. So incredible. And I love that piece so much that A, that he would do that for you. Yeah. (laughs) And B, that, you know, for such a quote unquote natural person and practitioner in the way you live your life to want that medical intervention, you know, and to really know like that was your peace of mind. So you weren't flooding your body with all those stress hormones for this baby, you know, and sometimes it's weighing the pros and the cons and what you really need, because who knows if those stress hormones could have made you miscarry, you know? So I think that's just so important for women to hear and there's no right way to do it. Exactly. And you also had a C-section. Exactly. And that is another maybe surprising part. Um, Yeah, I am very holistic Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I love organic food and I, I don't, eat any meat that's not, you know, very, yes, very little meat, very but conscious. I don't. Yeah. So I have that to me and I'm obviously I'm an, like I practice alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. However, not only did I learn in my schools that Western medicine has its place and time mm-hmm. and importance in certain ways, it's very important and we need to work hand in hand, but I also have that inner openness. Mm-hmm. And, um, to me, it was not a planned C-section. Um, my intention was the whole pregnancy that I would want it to be as um, natural as possible, mm-hmm. but I'm open to whatever needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And of course, the needs could also be questioned, but there was an openness. And I said, even if it's a C-section, mm-hmm. so I was never afraid. I have also have to say, because I talked to another woman, mother, about it, and she said, well, I'm just so afraid of hospitals and surgeries and I only had one or two surgeries in my life but maybe because of what I do with my medicine and Mm. I volunteered when I was young and and, and, you know I to me hospitals aren't a threat Mm -hmm. I don't feel you know I actually find them interesting Mm -hmm. because of what I do but that's that's cool because that's rare very exactly so I want to also bring this Mm -hmm. in because I know that can be already something for moms to like I don't this is not the right environment to me they don't I don't have that. Right. You don't have that stigma. I don't have that block Mm -hmm. or stigma. Exactly. So, so yeah. And then um, at the end of the pregnancy, it showed that there was some complications that could have, I mean, if I would have, you know, maybe had a full team of doulas and midwives, that would have said, Lara, we've done this a million times. Yes, you don't need to do this, but I didn't have yeah. that. And I, because I felt really confident with my um, doctor and also with myself. Yeah. I just chose, well, we actually, we waited and waited and I can share even what it was. Yeah. Um, so my cervix didn't change. Mm. The cervix at the end of the pregnancy, um, it drops, it softens and it becomes thinner. Mm-hmm as you know, yeah. um, but just to, you know, so yeah, mine, um, mine didn't do any of it. Mm. I mean, the thinning and, you know, that comes at the very end and, and that can be 
you know, help, but mine didn't even drop and she didn't drop, um, my daughter. So, um, so what my doctor said, like, you know, let's wait a little bit more, but, um, and I was, you know, just a few days past my due date and of course due date, it's yeah. just, you know, what is that? What is that? <laughs> exactly. Um, but with my history and then also, um, you know, he said, well, if it doesn't change, let's see again in a, you know, in a few days if it changed. Because if we, even if it changes a little bit, we can wait a little longer. But it didn't change at all. So he said, if I if we induce you, it's chances are so high that I will have to end up doing an emergency mm. C-section. And then you have, you know, so you have yeah. all of these things. And then you so, have to go through that whole ride. Yeah. So this was just such a very, very personal and intuitive I guess but also just trusting that this is her journey of coming into this world and honestly I was ready to get her Mm -hmm. I mean I was ready to have her outside out out of the body and alive (laughs) yeah because I had these three miscarriages and I just wanted this baby in my arms alive so which makes perfect sense yeah and I mean and that's really just like the honest you know like so c-section I didn't threat more than um a regular and I actually didn't have and I never had even a vision of how birth would be I was open to it I also didn't really have a vision how it would be after because I was just like it's going to be however it's going to be and I hope it's going to be somehow pleasant right. <laughs> why you know worry about all the things that could happen it's amazing though to not have all those expectations yeah and I have to say motherhood also has been pleasant That's I didn't have any so postpartum great. I I didn't feel crazy I mean maybe I was but I didn't feel- <laughs> no but just to to know that is such a key aspect because we put so many expectations and pressure I mean that's you know more than half probably of all the postpartum anxiety and depression it's because we're putting these ridiculous expectations on ourselves and our culture is too so to be that vessel that's really open and clear to what is it's yeah. your whole life practice you yeah. know put into motion yeah and i just remembered and since that's also one of your your purpose and what you're doing mm-hmm. the doula so i didn't have a doula to guide me before so the the prenatal mm-hmm. um birth doula both birth mm-hmm. doula but um a postnatal and I, it was also a little bit financial i think the yeah. decision and i was like i know myself I was like you know, afterwards, I really need some support. Which is very smart because a lot of people do the inverse. <laughs> yeah. and they're on the other side. They're like, what the fuck? Where's my help? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so you had the forethought to do that. And I knew my husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. you, God you bless saw his what soul. Was yes. Yeah. And my family is in a different country. Right. So, yeah. um, well, they came, but not in that way how other families can mm-hmm. show, uh, come and show up. So um, I had this wonderful woman that you probably mm-hmm. know. Um, you can drop her name. If yes, you want. Carla. Lang. Yeah, we love Carla. <laughs> <laughs> amazing um, force uh, of nature. She's amazing. She's and an angel. She is, and she mm-hmm. and I only, you know, and because I was like feeling feeling somewhat con- like comfortable in mm-hmm. some ways um, about the unknown, but um, I only booked her for some session. And I actually, it took me, well, she did get my placenta mm-hmm. from the, from the hospital, um, which I think, I mean, this is like, so, you know, everyone should do what they, I think this might've helped me feeling not crazy. Yeah. Oh, it helped me big time. Yeah. So, I mean, I who knows why I didn't have any postpartum, who knows why I felt always great um, and not 
never cried or anything, maybe because That's of... amazing. So... I think it's a great addition. I mean, yeah. who knows? Could, but to me, it was magic. If it's available, if yeah. it's of interest, I would do it. Yeah. And... And my Chinese medicine doctor said, who I actually also trust, but he said, well, you know, you're over 35, so you can also just take like a cheap or, I mean, you know, just buy the pepsin. <laughs> and that's where my intuition was like, no, this is mm-hmm. my body. It's regenerating my body. I want my, mm-hmm. you know, even though I was 37. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the good decision for me. For yeah. me. But um, that's funny how we can, even people we trust and they have vast knowledge of medicine, it's sometimes important, especially the journey of motherhood that's all about tapping more into our intuition. And why I brought the doula up, uh, Carla, is because that's where I felt, okay, this is, and again, not to judge, but that's where I appreciated this so much. Um, So I contacted her just, you know, a week or so before the birth or two weeks and I, because I'm also counseling people, so I realized what she was doing and what she was doing was just completely in our phone conversations that we had, whether it was about the, you know, the possibility of the C-section and this and this, she just supported me in a very like simple way, in a very like completely Mm non-judgmental way, but not, you know, not like I, I couldn't even feel any pretension or so she was like yeah whatever you feel like doing you know so this Mm -hmm. kind of I'm gonna be here to support you no matter what you choose she didn't say this but she made me feel that way Mm -hmm. and because even though I I don't I don't know if I don't judge myself a lot but I feel like I don't judge myself Mm -hmm. a lot so I was pretty fine with the c-section but I know a lot of people have judgments around it or at least these ideas that are real birth needs to be mm-hmm, vaginal and um and I was actually afraid that she would be like oh now I don't want to support you right I mean yeah um and I actually had people telling me certain mm-hmm. stories clients mm-hmm. friends so she didn't do that in a heartbeat and I just appreciated that so much and this is also how she showed up um, in those sessions after afterwards so and it was really that's what you what what I needed and I think that's what every woman it's just like completely supported and yeah. she kept saying you know about certain things with the baby which was completely new to me mm-hmm. um what are you doing is already intuitive you know mm-hmm. so just fostering nurturing this um yeah. as you the mother you know, exactly. that you know the best. Yeah. It's not what you're reading in books or exactly. what another friend did. It's really your connection with your baby and letting that unfold. So my appreciation to you, you know, I mean, I know like a bunch of, it seems like this beautiful community, but mm-hmm. you and I haven't even met you at that point. Then my friend Morgan mm-hmm. and, um, Morgan. yeah, and then Kate. So mm-hmm. it's just, I have so much love and appreciation mm-hmm. for, for this, um, what you doing? And it's Thank so you. needed. And I hope, you know, thankfully, it's also there's so much demand. So yeah. um, we're so lucky here in LA. There is such an amazing yeah. community of birth workers. It's incredible. I mean, yeah. sometimes I forget, you know, and I, I have, you know, I live in this bubble. It's like beautiful bubble. And I forget, though, that a lot of people don't have this around them, yeah. or this education, which is one of the reasons I started this podcast yeah. to actually reach other people outside the bubble. So great. Because I take it for granted, you know, not a negative way, but I just forget. I'm like, Oh, everyone knows that. And no, a lot of people don't have this information. And one point before we close, because I know 
you got to get back into mama duties. That aspect that you mentioned of doulas and really aligning with who will best serve you. Because I always feel like, you know, I tell any potential client, interview a lot of us, you know, see who really speaks to you. You never know the energy. If you need the grandma vibe or the auntie vibe or like the sister vibe. Mm. And I'll always trust that we we get the help that we need either for lessons or just really what is going to serve us best. And for that, I'm so glad you had Carla that really could do that for you in the way that you needed. And also, you know, doulas are humans. A lot of us that are in the birth world have things to heal. That's why we're drawn to this work. And so some doulas, you know, wouldn't be right supporting a C-section because they feel very strongly about other things, you know, and, and that applies to everything, not just vaginal versus C-section. So, and no judgment on that. You know, it's like, I have friends that are doulas that will only do home births because in that zone, they are genius and that's where they need to work. They don't need to be in the hospital. They're not going to be as good of in service and they know that about themselves. So it's just something I like to remind all women is, you know, do your due diligence, meet with different people and then really trust your own intuition. Yeah. Don't go with anyone you don't feel comfortable. And it's obviously a device for life. Don't go to any doctor that you don't love. Don't go to any energy healer that you don't feel drawn to. um, Or if you are in the place and you don't feel it anymore, like, say bye it's just we just do things and it's not an integrity with our truth because we are so programmed to yeah to not follow through don't quit like that's such a negative and sometimes it's the bravest thing you can do and you can lose that deposit you know so what it's some money exactly you know you can leave that doctor that ob the week before you're due you know there's it's all available to you and we just don't think it is exactly so it's really important and 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 birth childbirth no matter how it goes is one of the most amazing experiences Mm -hmm. and uh, memorable ones in your life and the life you know of your daughter or son and child and it's really important and also the time after to be with someone that makes you feel comfortable and if i would have had the you know, the finances, I would have also hired you. And mm-hmm. because later on, also training a bunch of you, you know, yeah. with the Reiki, I love receiving body work. And um, it would have, you know, so there is like you and, you know, so some others. So you you the are. Food and the, the food. The abhyanga. Exactly. And meditation. So I would have also gotten all of this because that's something I love, how yeah. I'm nurtured. So it's, um, yeah, definitely a big amazing um beautiful service and offering that i am so grateful that it's um spreading again and there's this mm-hmm. um wave of expansion of um um people get it, feeling the call and um and also uh, allowing to receive the support which is what mm-hmm. i work with a lot of people on yes. healing the yeah being open to receive receiving. because we just want to give give do yeah. do and you know, it's so beautiful to have these conversations and thank you for sharing your dual experience because the more that we hear positive experiences from other women, it gives us the permission to say, I'm worth it. I'm worth that money, that finance. You know, we're, we're all summing oh, up on the money. So worth but it. It's like, it's, you're yeah. never going to regret no. that care. No. Never. Ever. <laughs> this is something we all need to grow into that yes. this is you investing in your health and mm-hmm. no money in the world. I mean, there's, this is what we live for. Yeah, so exactly. it's not about saving it for some future like to pay future medical bills right like this is it yeah exactly and the care you get postpartum that's why i'm so passionate about the first 40 days is because you know that's going to set you up for the rest of your life it's your body it's all your body throughout different phases and setting you up for menopause and how you age and all of it 
And that's so. totally aligned with what in Chinese medicine. I didn't, um, even though living in LA in the summer, I didn't, I tried to not leave the house the mm. first week or even two. And um, I was very careful about this. And um, yeah, they're great books written. Yeah, so many. So yeah. No, thank you so much. Thank you for all of your wisdom and <laughs> oh. the work you're doing. I mean, you're like... I feel like we're in like warrior training with you. So I'll be back for the integrative Reiki training. Oh, thank But thank you, you so much. Yes. You're a light. Mo, you are just thank a you. reflection. Oh, thank you, love. Thank you. Bye.